0: Over in the next few weeks, we will be interviewing the authors from the collaborative book, The Grief Experience, Tools for Acceptance, Resilience, and Connection, which is set to release in February of 2024. These authors have each experienced their own unique grief journey and will be sharing their personal stories with us. We will also explore the specific tools they used to cope with their grief and how these tools can benefit others who may be going through similar experiences. Grief is a complex and challenging process, and each person's experience is different. By sharing our stories and tools, we hope to provide support, guidance, and comfort to those navigating their grief journey. Each author has experienced different types of loss and comes from a variety of backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences. As a result, they offer valuable insights and perspectives. We are honored to have them join us on this podcast series and to share their stories and tools with you, our Path 11 Podcast listeners. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Path 11 podcast. So we are on week two of me introducing you to a new author in the book that I am also writing a chapter in, The Grief Experience. And my guest today is Susan Settler. She is a licensed clinical social worker and she has worked in a variety of clinical settings. She currently owns and operates a private practice, Restorative Springs Counseling in New Jersey, in which she provides psychotherapy for individuals struggling with anxiety, depression, grief, and trauma, as well as couples experiencing relational problems. Susan has a passion for helping clients navigate through the grieving process. She uses her own personal experience with overcoming the challenges of grief to inform her practice and provide client tools to find healing and meaning in their grief. She utilizes a psychodynamic approach to counseling and she is contributing a chapter into our book. And I am um, curious to hear more about Uh, how grief has kind of touched her life and how she's helping people in her private practice. And we're going to find out what tools she's going to be offering in the grief experience book. So Susan, thank you so much for being here today. So let me ask you, what part of New Jersey are you in? Because my best friend lives in Bergen County.
1: I'm in Highlands and I just moved here a few months ago and I'm absolutely loving it. It's a great area. Yeah. Are you, were you always from New Jersey? No, I'm originally from Brooklyn, from Barrett, And I've lived upstate for about 17 years, raised my family there, and then moved here just a few months ago. My family is still close by, my siblings. So it's pretty awesome to have that, to keep the people around you that were normally so far away. So it's been great.
0: Yeah, wonderful. And how far away is Highlands from, say, like Waldwick, New Jersey or Bergen County? Are you close to the border of New York? Yeah, not really. I'm
1: about, I'm about, I'm going to say, 45 minutes or so of the Garden State, perhaps. But I'm near Seabright and Red Bank and a lot of beautiful areas here, a lot of pretty places to see. So it's been nice.
0: Yeah. So with your practice, uh, Restorative Springs Counseling, are you one of the therapists that kind of had to move your practice online pretty quickly during COVID? Or are you actually full 100% in person? Or are you doing kind of like a hybrid? Yeah, right now I'm 100% remote and I I did,
1: during COVID, I did experience where I, I early on, I noticed a lot of, of clients were uncomfortable with the idea and as it progressed, it seemed so much more natural and, cool. and but it's a great opportunity, honestly, and I think it's a lot more convenient for people. And I think you can get just as much from it online, in some cases even more, because you get to experience someone in their world. So that's kind of nice. Right. Yeah. So I, I started going partial online, partial in person in the place I was working last. And so now I'm my own practice and I'm doing 100%
0: remote. Great. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, how did you come to meet Kelly? Um, how do you know her? Because she is kind of this one person that is bringing us all together in this collaborative book experience. So it's really cool for me to be able to meet everybody personally and, uh, you know, hear their story. So how did you guys connect? I love Kelly.
1: She was my clinical supervisor when I pretty much very early on in my career. Actually, I went back to school later in life. I was forty when I went back to school for social work, and and I met Kelly um, when we were working at, uh, at the same agency together. And again, she's my supervisor and was wonderful. And we we shared a lot in common. We both share a loss of a parent young, so that kind of bonded us. I think very early on, having that shared experience, but. Um, she actually I was part of a Facebook group with her of different clinicians and 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 she had mentioned I'm doing this book. And, and I said, I've always wanted to be a part of something like this. So I was kind of thrilled and I jumped in immediately to contribute because I think I have quite a bit of history and experience in the grieving process.
0: Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, so you guys kind of have a shared grief experience. So you two lost a parent when you were young. Yes, you know, she was, she was, I guess,
1: I'm not sure what she, I think she's maybe 13 and I was 16 when my mom passed away from pancreatic cancer, which was uh, a devastating loss for me, as you can imagine. And my life completely fell apart. I can honestly say that, but I pulled it back together and managed to survive through it. And I think that's a huge part of why I'm a therapist today. And it certainly and, informed so much of my experience. But it, it didn't stop there. So which is something um, I I lost my husband actually a couple of years ago, and my brother within three months of losing him. Wow. So it was a pretty devastating time, and I, I can tell you that I didn't expect to. You know, you go through this and you think oh, I've I've gone through this, I'm strong, I, I've done this, and then it happens again, and you're like, what? <laughs> you know, it, it was kind of it's a different kind of loss. I think when you lose a parent young, because that's 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 your you're developing your sense of self. And, and, you know, it's, 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 I think loss at any stage is complicated, but when it's a loss that doesn't make sense, you know, I think it becomes even more challenging. And that's something that I will probably be addressing, you know, in my chapter, you know, what it's like to really lose a parent and, and, and and then to have to go through it again and have my children experience what I went through because I have two daughters and, they had to lose a dad and they were just going off to college. They were my youngest was 18 and my youngest, my oldest was 20. And, and you know, so I I've been through that. And then again, my brother passed in that same time frame. So there's the experience of that cumulative loss that I had. So yeah, I, I think I I just wanted to kind of share that you can survive these things. That, you know, you you have we all have the strength and resilience within us. And it's a tough journey, but you get through it. And I think that, you know, my story is a good example of that, of having gone through it. And I enjoy working with clients on grief because I feel like I can relate to it so much. I can, at different, different pieces of it, different phases of it, different experiences of it. I think it's different to lose a child but than it is to lose a, a mother or a sibling or a husband. They all have different impacts on your life.
0: Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. It's like all losses are very, unique in their own yet there is kind of this overarching you know umbrella too of how you can still relate experiences and you know all all people who are bereaved or, or grieving you know can relate to one another in maybe the feelings that come up even though their stories can be very different exactly and
1: I, I would never tell someone I understand exactly how you feel that would be an accurate statement but I can, it's, I guess, easier for me to jump into it because of my experience and I can see things that, that I've seen, you know, and they're experiencing. And it's, I think it's helpful to feel like, I think when you're grieving, you feel very alone in your grief. I think you feel like, it just feel it's a very lonely experience. And I think knowing that others have survived it and understand it can be very healing.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's, and even though, you know, there are people experiencing grief you know, all the time and people are dying all the time, every single day, you know, it's just, you have to sit with yourself, which feels so isolating and lonely because, you know, it really forces you sometimes to go within and no one can truly ever feel or experience what you're feeling. So that's where that loneliness kind of comes in. So were it was the death of your husband and your brother, were they both unexpected deaths that happened? Well, my husband had lung cancer. So he died within seven months of his
1: diagnosis. So it felt very unexpected. And my and my my brother had a complicated issue and and a response to some medication. It was kind of difficult. But he was was died within three months of being sick. So both were sick at the same time. Um and both were uh, <laughs> was trying to navigate being there for everybody. It was very challenging, but so it wasn't sudden. But it felt sudden because it was very brief. It was a very brief ex- getting to the pl- place where you're hearing you're going to lose someone and then gradually letting them go in that few month period of time was tough.
0: Yeah, it's, it's almost like even though there were a few months there, just sometimes like with other clients that I talked to, they say it, it just wasn't enough time to wrap my mind around it, you know, and it just felt very quick where you have you know, here the person is today and then they either get that diagnosis or their health takes a turn and then they're gone within, for some people, it could be a couple of weeks or a couple of months, like, you know, in your case. So do you also want to talk a little bit more about that cumulative grief? Because I'm sure that we have listeners on the podcast who have experienced a series of people that have transitioned over time and You know, I can think of one client of mine, it was like every five years, she had three people die within every five years, you know, it was happening. And it felt like, you know, once she kind of got her grounding a little bit from the first death, then there was another death that occurred. And then now she's got the cumulative of two family members and then another five years and then another person dies. And it was like, you know, just and like her family really dwindled down to almost nothing. So, you know, I'd love for you to just talk a little bit more about that.
1: Well, I think the challenge of that is really not having the space and time to heal from the first loss. And I think so it kind of pushes that away for a while. I can say in my personal situation, my husband's loss was so devastating and so, so impactful to me that I don't know that I really had an opportunity to grieve my brother. So it was just kind of, I think that's where the challenge comes in is, you know, to, and, the, and the feeling that I mean, how much can you handle? Just that feeling like, how strong can I be? How am I going to get through this as you're? I think dealing with it, I think is is a bit challenging.
0: Yeah, and could you also speak to um, being a mom and having children? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, and your children were a little bit older, you know, 18. And I know some moms that, you know, have lost parents too, and maybe their children are much younger, you know, still in grade school. Or, you know, I can think of another client that had like just had a baby, it was like nine months old. And so can you talk about just the complicated process of that, of like holding your own grief, processing your own grief. I've talked to moms where they feel like they can't even grieve because if their children are really young, it's like life does not stop. You know, it still goes on and that can feel really strange and frustrating because it's like you just need the world to be on pause for a little bit and the world does not pause. So, you know, how do you distribute and show up for your children and be support to them and then also attend to your own grief? Like, what, what kind of suggestions do you have with that or experience? Yeah, I think for me,
1: having, I mean, uh, having a parent, having died at a young age as well, gave me somewhat of an understanding of what I want, how I wanted to manage their grief process and what I didn't want to do. What I didn't want to do was ignore it. What I didn't want to do is is to make believe I'm feeling nothing and it doesn't matter. I wanted to be strong, but I wanted to let, give them a space to cry and to feel. And and one of the things that it, in this, I remember my daughter when my husband right after my husband passed, she said to me, Mom, you've been through this. How did you do it? How am I gonna get through this? And you know, I was just very real with her. You're gonna feel some pain. It's gonna hurt for a while. It's not gonna go away. It's not gonna be abrupt. But I was able to have the experience of having known that you will survive it and they will survive it. And I could confidently tell them it's gonna be tough, but you're gonna get through. It's gonna be okay. And the pain of the loss will get a little better over time, but you're gonna feel it. You're gonna feel it. But I think most importantly, I encourage them to talk about it and to sit in their grief and to allow themselves to experience the grief. And we talked about my husband often. We kept him alive. We kept him alive in our our memories and our laughter and and our we go from laughing to crying, which is a normal phase of what you do, but I just didn't put I, I encouraged them not to push it away. I mean, to this day, we still talk about, you know, what it feels like, you know, different faces. My daughters are both graduating from grad school and it's going to be tough to not have him present for that. It's a huge milestone. And I'll be, as a parent, you know, there's those moments too where I'm sitting in this alone and I expect that it's going to be challenging, you know, in the future when they get married and they won't have a dad to to dance with them for that first dance. And all those that stuff coming up, but I I think just for me personally, it's I in terms of my chapter. I want to talk about this too. Is I I think it's so important to find meaning in grief. I think that's to me is what has helped me to overcome so many of the challenges. To kind of take my husband with me, take the person he was with me, his energy, his presence, his determination to beat this was a beautiful thing to see as he was dying. You know, so I, 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 you know, I, I don't want them to forget about him, and I, I want them to, to know that he'll, he's always, he's still a part of them. He's still a part of me. He's still a part of us. We are still a family. We're still a we. He may not be physically present, but I believe he is. He finds his way to show up. <laughs> I put it. Away.
0: And would you like to talk about that? Because I'm all about after death communication and connecting with our you know, loved ones in spirit. I mean, that's what we make documentaries about. And, you know, we have a new documentary that we're making on after-death communication about those signs and and how when our soul leaves a physical body that they're still very much alive and trying to communicate with us and make attempts to communicate with us. So would you like to share any of that connection? Absolutely. I,
1: that's something that I will tell you. I always say my husband was a brilliant communicator in life and I think he finds a way to break through and, and uh, communicate here. I've had so many signs. I can't even begin to tell you so many signs. And and one of which is when my husband first passed. And this is one of the things I recommend people doing is writing writing to your loved one to kind of just kind of still having that connection. So I wrote him this letter and I've done that throughout my grief process. I still do it periodically to keep him just to feel connected. So I wrote him this letter and, and it was a week after he passed. So I kept saying, I just need nothing. It was so sad at the end. And and so difficult to see him suffer so much. I just need to know you're okay. So I, I kept, t- I find, I told myself, I'm just going to write this. So I'm going to allow it to flow. I'm not going to go back and, and try to edit it. I'm just going to allow myself to express everything I have to sp- express. And again, I kept saying that one sentence over and over again. So I, I wrote the letter. I felt, okay, that felt good. I felt some peace about that. And I, I went up to his office and and I, I we had just had my housekeeper come, it was just cleaned on the floor. There was a business card. And it was in it was this bold blue letters with I'm, I'm sorry a fluorescent blue color with this white lettering saying it's fun here. <laughs> it was the most be- It was just that was the first of many signs. That was the first many, oh. but I knew I, when I saw it, the card on the floor. I said, hmm. "Is this his answer to my my question?" Hmm. And and I pick it up and it was just even in the way that he would say it. He would not say I'm fine. He would say I'm having a good time. So that's it, it, the way he would communicate. But there was there have been so many when I. When, I, when he was dying, when he, and at one point he was coming out of, they had to do, put him in, in, into an induced coma. And one of the first things, I'm a singer, and one of the first things he wrote to me was, sing landslide to me. So when he came, because he said, am I okay? Then sing landslide to me. So I sat there in ICU, singing landslide. And that, became, that song became something so powerful. Because so many times um, in the course of, for my daughters and myself, that song would come on when we needed it most. And the most recent one, I'm going to share this, I'm going to stop at this. And I've had so many, but the most recent related to that was when I was sharing with my daughter, I wrote the first draft of the chapter that I'm going to write. And she responded and said, well, and she made a comment on the section where I talk about the landslide song. So at that very moment where I'm reading her text, a landslide comes on the radio. Things like that. I mean, you know, you could call it coincidence. I choose to believe it. I believe that our life here has purpose and meaning, that it's a, our soul's journey, not just the word. It's not about what we do. It's it's about making a difference in people's lives. And and so, yeah, I believe I've gotten so many signs and, and you know, I encourage people to embrace it. If you feel it, accept it and, you know, and just allow yourself to believe it's it's real. And to me, that brings me so much comfort. It it makes the the healing process so much easier to feel that connection has never been lost.
0: Yeah, and oh my god, I could sit for you for hours. And you're like, oh, this is the last one I'm sharing. I'm like, no, share more, share more. I love I it. Committed. Let me stop and one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you write them down? Because i've I've been kind of keeping a little bit of a journal of every time I get a sign from my mom, even if it's it's small of like where I was and the timing of it and why it was significant. Are you keeping a log at all? I mean, I know you can get so many that it's like. Well, that's a wonderful, wonderful idea.
1: I don't, but I I think I might after this conversation. It's a really good idea. I haven't forgotten them because they're so, pow- those moments are so powerful. So they're so, they're so in my mind and I, I, I love to share them, especially when people who are struggling. And I, I think it's really important to hear that. But no, that's a really good idea to, to and I guess I do feel there's, a message, and, and I'm going to share one more. One one especially hard day, a few months after my husband passed, I had a dream before the day happened of him hugging me, and it was, and the hug felt so incredibly real, and it felt like it felt so comforting. And then I had a day that was horrible, but <laughs> it was like every, I was a snowstorm. All the cars broke down. I had, it was so bad. And I looked back and I said, "Wow, that's what that was. It was a comforting saying. You're going to get through this. I'm with you." So. You know, you accept those things when they happen and don't push them away and don't intellectualize them away. Just embrace them is with the But in terms of a tool though, I'm gonna say that that I, I found that and I still do is just writing to to my loved ones and, and you know, just to, to get your feelings out on paper can be very therapeutic.
0: Yeah, Kelly and I were doing well, actually once this airs, we will have done it already, but you know, we're kind of creating a grief group together that we do called The Cardinal's Journey. And we decided we were going to kind of turn it into a little bit of a book club and select certain books that are, you know, really good for uh, people who are grieving. And the one that I had chose was by a man by the name of Matthew McKay. He'd kind of written a lot of books for us as clinicians, which I didn't even realize. I had like his the stress reduction workbook on my shelf and I noticed his name and I was like, oh my gosh, that is you. It was so funny. But You know, his son uh, was murdered and he lives out in California and he wasn't really connected to any type of spirituality or anything like that. But what he turned to was writing and he ended up um, doing what is called uh, automatic writing, which is kind of a technique in directly communicating with your deceased loved one and was getting channeled messages from his son. And he co-wrote a book with his son in spirit and began asking his son, you know, what is it like there? Tell me more about the afterlife and would ask these questions. And he would get like downloads of this insight that he could never, you know, come up on his own. I need to read that. I need to read that. (laughs) Yeah. The book, it's called Seeking Jordan by Matthew McKay. And he's written a few other books since then, also with Jordan with his son. And who knows, maybe, maybe you'll write a book with your husband. That might be it's cool. Funny. I've actually thought about that. I've actually thought about that, you know, doing
1: something along those lines. Not exactly that, but just the experience overall. But I love the idea of, because I do believe the communication is is very real.
0: Yeah. And so I know kind of we're getting a little short on time, but I want to go back to kind of the mom aspect too and and worrying about children. And then you had children that were in college, right? So you don't really have them under your finger you can't really watch what they're doing. You know, did you talk to your girls at all or any concerns about coping skills about, you know, sometimes people can turn to alcohol or to drugs or just really want to self-medicate or maybe engage in risky behaviors or whatever the case may be, you know, that sometimes we see when people are trying to manage the pain. So, you know, for moms out there that are listening, any advice or suggestions on how to kind of warn your children about how that could kind of be tempting if the pain gets too much, if they're not sitting with their grief, if they're not talking about it.
1: Right. Well, I think a lot of that speaks to the importance of allowing yourself to feel it and think about it and reach out when you need the help. You know, I I did share a little bit of that because I struggled with that when I was going through my own grief. I definitely, you know, I I definitely went out and and, and drank a bit. And, and, you know, I just was, but they didn't do that. They didn't go, they didn't take that path. And they were never, that was never them. So I wasn't super concerned about that. But there were, I was definitely concerned that they would, I guess another concern I have would be that they will push people away, that they'll be afraid. That's probably a deeper issue for me. The fear that, that, you know, just the fear of losing, of loving and losing, that that would impact them in a negative way. Um, Because I think that uh, it can you know, when you you feel somewhat abandoned, even though your parent did did not choose to leave you, there's this feeling of being abandoned. Um, And I think uh, that's something I I put some energy into talking to them about. And yeah, definitely coping skills in terms of, again, always talking about what you feel. Um, And even I encourage them to join a grief group at, in the college to see if, and, interest, and my youngest did for a bit, but just to see if, you know, if it, if it helps. And, and multiple girls are very private. So they, they'd rather kind of turn to me. So I really didn't really gravitate towards that. But, but I, I just think it was, it was hard for them to be alone in it. And I, my oldest had a lot of close friends. She had been in school for a while. So she had a hugely supportive group of roommates that were um, just amazing um, for her. So I think that was really helpful. My youngest was, again, 18. So she was just, I was very worried about her just beginning her journey. and, And I didn't want her to get into any trouble. And that was a little, little worrisome.
0: Yeah, because at that age, you know, it's like you're, you're resetting up your whole social network. You're leaving a social network behind from high school, you know, and then, you know, entering into a really new experience and a new chapter and not having dad there. You know, and adjusting to all that—that's a really big transition because you know, going off to college is such a huge, you know, transition as well, and just kind of a little shocking to the system. Just so to have that grief experience, you know, on top of that, was um, probably pretty heavy. It 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 was, but but again, we
1: really we we spent a lot of time talking about our feelings, and and they knew they could reach me, which is I think is really important. Because I I didn't feel like I had that. I felt like when I was going through it, I felt that we didn't talk about our feelings in my family. So it wasn't, I didn't didn't have that safe place. Everyone pushed it away. So I think, I do think that helps.
0: Right. So you went to the other extreme, you became a therapist. And now, you know, do your kids ever teach you like, mom, don't give me therapy? Or are they like, do we have to talk about this? Do you get any of that for being teased?
1: Sometimes, but, but I think for the most part, they actually do. Kind of like, mom, you should, you you need to help me with this because you know this. Yeah. (laughs) That, you know, like they, the expectation that I, you know, I should have the answers and I don't have all the answers. I wish I did, but, you know, it's, it's, it's their journey to go through. And, and I'm just happy that they've managed to get through those moms that are out there. It is scary to uh, let them go off on their own, especially after having such a significant loss, but they can get through it. They'll get through it if you, with their support, with support and love and communication, they'll get through it yeah they can I think you can also grow through it and you can actually become a stronger person and you know and and you can somehow have my hope is that the the person in your life can influence you in a huge way that their memory and their presence you'll not just you'll feel them spiritually but just who they are still sits with you and and you know that their 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 dad is never that far away from them is is what I believe
0: yeah well, every time I hear the song landslide I'm going to think of you. Now. <laughs> Absolutely love that song, by the way. And what was your husband's name and your brother's name? Robert. My mother's name was Joan. My brother's name is was, was Brian. So, right. Okay. All right. Well, nice to give tribute to them, and I would dedicate this podcast to them. Yeah, and and so with your private practice, because some people might be listening and be like, "Oh my gosh, I love her. I want her to be my therapist." Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a license in New York State and New Jersey, or is it just license in both? Yeah. So I have clients in both states. Okay, so for those of you that don't understand why I asked that question, you know, if you have a license in therapy, you can't, so she couldn't see anybody from South Carolina or Florida or California. We kind of have to stick with the licensure of the state that we're licensed in. So if you're listening from New York and New Jersey and you really love Susan's vibe, I mean, I do. I could see why you'd be like, oh my gosh, I want to sit down and talk with her. You know, we will definitely give her information in the show notes. And are you accepting new clients or how, how would people find your practice if they wanted to come on? I, um,
1: I am on psychology today, but I'm also, I work through Alma and I also work through headway so they can find me with any, with any of those sites. And I, I'm, I just, I am start accepting a few now. I was, I actually was on hold for a bit, but I am accepting a few and, and I, yeah, I'm definitely open to seeing more people.
0: Excellent. Well, Susan, thank you so much for coming on and being a guest on the Path 11 podcast. I'm really excited to read your chapter. You know, finding meaning in your grief and learning a little bit more in the way that you probably write it will be really interesting in a different way to, you know, experience your story. And we will go ahead and also put that link in the show notes of where you can find the Grief um, Experience book. And that is going to be launched. It'll be out in February of 2024. But we wanted to give you guys an introduction to every single author and what they are going to be contributing to this book because you guys know I interview a lot of authors that usually write one book. We have 25 authors in this one book so it's like 25 books in one and and I think it's going to be a really excellent tool for you to either have on your own bookshelf even if you've never experienced a loss up until this point but it may also be a resource where you want to give it to people who are uh, grieving, who are bereaved as a way to kind of help and give them a tool. So I'm really excited to be a part of this and was really just feeling really lucky that I get a chance to talk to everyone and to meet you. And I just wanna thank you again for being here and we will put Susan's information in the show notes for you to contact her if you are interested. And, And I hope you guys buy the book and look forward to reading more about her chapter and her story. So thanks again, Susan, for being here. Thanks for the opportunity. It was great. Very nice meeting you. Nice to meet you, too. And thank you all so much for listening. And I'm going to bring you another author of this book next week. So take care, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast In Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com, and be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to path 11 TV today. Bye for now.